Welcome to the We Talk Health Podcast, the official podcast of West Tennessee Healthcare. I'm your host, Kara Mobley, and on today's episode, we are talking specifically about grief and loss during the holiday season, but we also just kind of want to give a brief overview of what grief actually is for everyone. Today, my guests are Donald Jordan. He is the Pathways Program Manager, and we've also got Dr. Terry Blakely. She is a deacon at All Saints Anglican Church, and she is also a professor emeritus of social work from Union University with one of her specializations being in traumatic grief and loss. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thanks Thank for having you us. For having Thank us. you both so much for coming on. So, Donald, you've been on the podcast before. We want yes. to just kind of catch up with you. I think it was back in the spring that you were last here. How yes. has it been? Well, apparently time has flown because it feels like it has not been that long. That long we we right. had just opened up the new psychiatry and yes. counseling office yes. in Thompson um, Farms. Off of Thompson Farms, right. Yep. And since then, we've opened the new mobile clinic that's... yes. Rolling, rolling literally around. and figuratively. Yes. Yeah, so we've shared a little bit about that, but I'll also uh, share some information about what counties that it, it goes to and what yeah. the days are. We can we can share that information so people can have that who great. aren't in the Jackson area. Sure, great. And Dr. Blakely, this is your first time on. It, Very nice to meet you. It's good to meet you. It's great to be here. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I have been a professor at Union University for about uh, 18 years and wow. recently retired. And now I'm a um, active deacon at my church at All Saints Anglican here in Jackson. Great. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Blakely has been a mentor to me uh-huh. for a long time in all the realm of social work and the other stuff I get to do. So I'm grateful that she would agree to come yes, that, come hang out with us yes, today. Yes, that's great. So we're filming this podcast during the holiday season, you know, this is the winter season. People are decorating. People are getting together, buying presents and all that, all, all of that good stuff. But we want to acknowledge that, you know, not everyone is having just a wonderful, magical season this holiday season. Grief is a universal human condition. I mean, we all go through it at, at some time in our life. So I want to start with what is grief? It is so individualistic mm-hmm. and it's so basically human, mm-hmm. but it is so painful. Yeah. And right. it's so unique to everyone. But you live long enough on this earth, you're going to lose someone. Mm-hmm. It's going to break your heart. Or you're going to have some kind of experience in your life that feels like a loss. It could be a loss of joy. Right. It could be the loss of a relationship. Mm-hmm. It could be something that takes the rug and shakes Mm. you off of the rug and out into the universe, and you don't know where you're going to land. So it's very human to have grief, but it's very painful. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people, like, if you are maybe feeling like you shouldn't feel grief, like, it's not just the loss of a loved one. It could be the loss of a pet or a traumatic memory you had when you were a kid around the holidays. So what would you say to people who are maybe feeling like they shouldn't be so upset about things that maybe other people might say, well, that's not really a big deal? Well, whether it's around grief or loss or trauma or really anything, people that are giving themselves a hard time, Mm -hmm. I'd say, take it easy. Right. We're (laughs) always, uh, I know a lot of people, we're our own worst critic. Yeah. Uh, And people who are saying, you know, I shouldn't feel this way. Be as gracious to yourself as you really would be to somebody else. All of us know If those words were to come out of our mouths, the people who love us and care for us would say, feel however you need to feel. Right. And for some reason, we kind of feel like it's our responsibility to act differently and handle things differently than we hope everybody else would. And in ways we would encourage everybody else to. So I think it's 
Yeah. The, the main thing I would say is be be easy right. on yourself. Talk Give to yourself, yourself some grace. As if you were talking to someone else. Like if someone else said that, would you just be so mean to them? Yeah. Or yeah. But but there are people who have people in their lives who maybe do downplay some things. So we just want to make sure people know that whatever you're feeling about whatever it is, it is valid. And I think Terry mentioned a minute ago how individualized grief is. I would say so is the way people experience it is individualized. Mm-hmm. The things that help people get up every day in it mm-hmm. is individualized. The things that are helpful and healing are individualized. It's just the whole thing all the way around. And so I, for those folks, I would say kudos to you for mm-hmm. acknowledging, yes. right. hey, I am feeling this way. That's honoring whatever has been lost, mm-hmm. whether it's a kind of way life was or some kind of innocence lost or a, a loved one lost. The fact to be able to say, you know what, I'm feeling it. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah, that's yes. the first step, I feel like, maybe. Yes, and, you know, a lot of people that I've spoken to who've had, like, traumatic grief from sudden violent loss, mm-hmm. the grief is so raw and so sharp. It's like, at first, it's like a stone that's so heavy, too heavy to bear with sharp edges, right? Sharp, sharp mm-hmm. edges. And you think, and this could be from any kind of loss, actually. It right. can feel that way. So sharp that you feel like... You your, your soul's being cut with it and bleeding with it, you know, and that you carry this secret. And, and so many people will say, nobody can possibly know how I feel. It's like a, a, a secret because nobody can know this horrible pain. But I would say, along with Donald, I would say that we, we want you to just take a breath and take a moment. Know that you're not going crazy. Sometimes people have that secret. Am I going crazy? No, you're not. We don't pathologize grief. Mm -hmm. It will get better with time, even though you, at, at the moment, you think, May not seem it like won't. It. I I can't envision that it will ever get better with time because I can't have back what I had, mm-hmm. and that's what I want to happen. But with time, the edges of that sharp, heavy rock begin to smooth, and the heaviness becomes a little bit lighter, and it's like two steps forward and three back sometimes, mm-hmm. but sooner. Or later, it will be four steps forward and one back. You are stronger than you know that you or that you feel that you are. Right. Hmm. And and especially having a support system. I know there are people who have family members or people in their life who are maybe way less than supportive. What would you say to those people? Uh, Where can they go or how can they find a way to get support for the the feelings that they're having? It is so important to be able to speak out, mm-hmm. to talk about, even if you repeat yourself. And those of us who've gone through traumatic loss, and oh, so many have, we often just need to say our story over and over and over again. Sometimes people get tired of hearing it, but it is so important that we're able to say it to caring, trusted listeners, people right. who care about us, because our systems, our spirits, our brains are trying really hard to get through the shock of it. And the more that we can speak about it and describe how we feel about it, and even just tell the facts about it, the lesser the power of the event has in our lives. Right. Holding on to it 
I guess thinking that you can't talk to anybody about it is, mm-hmm. is not a good way to, to mm-hmm. deal with it, to and process it, through it. And it takes a lot of courage yes. right, to right. be able to say that out loud. I yes. think, too, there's the risk of thinking that that kind of activity is healing if the other person responds well or right. says something to try to fix it, it, it when really what is healing about what Terry mentioned is just we are yeah. telling it. This, this story of grief that happened to us, to tell it, is in some small way moving into the seat of the storyteller instead of yes. a, instead of a person that this is happening to. Yeah. And so really, because people who mean well mm-hmm. yeah. often hear any of us, it's happened to all of us, people who mean really well respond in ways as we tell a story of sadness or loss or grief that are not the ways we'd hope they would respond. Right. But again, these are, we're courageous when we, own the fact that we are grieving. That's a courageous thing for us to do all by itself. And so to speak that out loud and tell that story over and over, knowing that just the act of telling is healing. It's not dependent on finding the best person with the best response. Because a lot of times, if a listener is the close confidant or close support person for someone who's going through this, you don't have to say the right thing. You just need to be a good listener. Right. One of the things I've learned going through adulthood is talking to different people and sometimes they'll stop me. And it's not easy to do where you say, are, do you want advice or you just want me to listen to you? And you're like, I just want to vent right now. And the other person's like, okay, I know I don't have to give them advice. I'm yeah. just going to sit here and let them just vent it all out. Yeah. Good, good. Uh-huh. Yes. So during this holiday season, let's talk about, you know, if someone has had the loss of a loved one, let's say it was somebody that was a very big integral part of the family there were maybe a lot of traditions associated with that particular person. Now, especially with the first year it happens or, you know, right as soon, it's very, very raw, like you said. What should people do, you know, if during the holidays, this is very new for them, this has just happened, how would they try to process through that? Different families will do this different ways. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people, the families will just not talk about it because it's too raw and that's how they deal. But some families will have that empty chair. That's a very raw thing, that empty chair at the Christmas dinner table and honor the loss of the person. And tears are precious. Tears are allowed. Uh, Hopefully, the family will allow tears without shame. Or right, without right. saying, now don't cry, don't cry. Yeah. Those are, those tears are healing. So people deal, deal with it with different ways. But I just want to say that however you get through that first Christmas, it is a okay as long yeah. as you don't hurt yourself or someone else. Right. Yeah. Just get, you're getting through the best way you can. Right. And we honor you in that. Yeah. Right. Cause even within one family, different people will need and handle it very differently. Yes. I know for some folks, visit. well, in my own family, for some people in our family, a visit to the grave is healing mm-hmm. and honoring. And for other people in the family, that's kind of a troubling experience. And right. so part of the work is being gracious to yourself, but being gracious to other people in your family, yes. recognizing that how to do this well may be different for each of us. Right. And taking up for each other 
in whatever decisions we make to try to just get through it. That there's yes. maybe no right or wrong way. People right. might right. think I, I have to do it like this or it has to be this way. That's really not the case. I mean, it's, you know, everyone's different. And especially with the stages of grief, what would you say about that? Like, how can people expect to go through? What well, would you say about the stages of, grief. Old stages of grief? Oh, those, Professor yeah. Blakely. <laughs> those good old stages of grief. We, <laughs> a long time ago, we therapists used to think, okay, you, this is very linear. Right. And we're going to go. They're going to go in the, oh, in the yes, very steps. Very and, nice and, and set ways. But that's just not true. It is sometimes going from shock to acceptance to then going backwards. Go backwards yeah. it's, it just is what it is. It's messy mm-hmm. and real. And I just want to reiterate that whatever you're going through, know that you're normal with mm-hmm. a capital N. Know that you are courageous because you got up this morning mm-hmm. and that you're carrying on. And you may think, I can't carry on, but... I would suggest that you look at your feet because you put one foot in front of the other today and you are walking, you are walking the journey and you will get stronger with every step. It will hurt though. And we honor you in that and just know that, you know, God's eyes are on you Mm -hmm. and he'll get you through and you will get through. He makes you strong in the weak places. I think, too, kids, I'm still imagining that dinner table Mm -hmm. and different people trying to do this as best they know how and who made it to the table. So even in this grief, you've got all these people, like she just said, who feel like they can't go on. And somehow now we're at a family gathering. We we have made it there that they're in those moments. There are also children around. And I think adults, I think we underestimate and overestimate what kids Yeah, you try to shield them from it. And, 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 and what is the shielding doing? And trying to, you know, kids need to know something. Kids mm-hmm. don't always need to know everything. But the things we're trying to remind ourselves that it's okay to feel this way and that tears aren't something that have to stop right now, that tears can be a sign of, they can be a sign of pain, but that pain is rooted in a deep love for something Mm -hmm. that we don't have in its form anymore. And so I think, you know, we have a tendency if we, if a tear comes out or something makes us sad and there's a kid around to, we're going to fix it real fast so that no, we're not going through this where really there's, there's a gift for kids to see that an adult can be sad Mm -hmm. and to say, I'm, I'm sad because this person used to be here and we love them so much. And so I'm sad that they're not here. Right. This time, but I'm so glad that you're that you're here. Right. That's training the stuff we're trying to unlearn about what's okay and not okay. Right. To feel yeah, as we grieve. Be, yeah. Us us being able to be transparent and age appropriate and developmentally appropriate ways with the kids in our families and communities, I think is a way for us to kind of prevent some of their relearning in the future and give them words to what you know, they're gonna be sad right. too. Yeah, just allowing yourself it. to feel it. Yeah. Now, the way I presented that was, you know, if there was, a, you know, maybe a main person in your family that had been doing this all along, but then there are other, you know, forms of passing. There's, you know, younger people, children, especially. What is your experience with that? Well, it is, it, again, it is so unique with mm-hmm. every kind of passing, every kind of uh, circumstances that surround it. Uh, some are just uh, like when it's human perpetrated loss. 
and uh, there's a violent, sudden loss. Mm -hmm. No one's had time to prepare. Mm. They haven't had this, the grief that happens prior to a person that you know is dying. There are no goodbyes. So it's a sharp, especially sharp, hard kind Mm. of grieving. So, you know, you just have to, as people who surround those who have had those kinds of losses, we have to have a lot of of love, patience, understanding, a lot of grace uh, for them to heal. And I did want to say one other thing about seasonal or, or what we call anniversary grief. Mm-hmm. I know people who've had losses like 30, 40 years ago might have happened at Christmas time. Right, right. Or even if it didn't happen at Christmas time, there's an empty chair. Mm-hmm. And the grief comes flooding in at this time because there are lights on in the city. Yeah. There are happy songs about Christmas on the yeah. radio. And everyone's so joyful. And you want to say the people in their hearts are going, how is the world continuing to spin? Don't they know my gem is gone or my Mary is gone? How can people be so happy? And it's a very lonely world in that experience, even if it's 30 or 40 years from the loss. So that we want to recognize and honor people who've had those long Mm. Uh, lasting losses. And it comes in like a flood sometimes, mm. a surprising flood of grief. Which is normal. And it's normal. Yeah. Yes. Do you know, if, if you've had any experience with anybody who has been able to find new ways to honor that person, a lot of times the memories of the person, mostly good memories, upsets them because they miss them and they're not there. Do you know of anyone who's been able to find new ways or some examples of how to make that a joyous thing again? We just had a group uh, meeting at All Saints, and it was called My Beautiful Rose Ceremony. So we had a row beautiful roses, and we gathered in a small group. And the people there had all lost someone that they were grieving for mm-hmm. at this time of year. And so... It was a very short uh, service, and what we did was they chose a rose to represent that person out of a lot of different roses, and then they had a couple of minutes, maybe five minutes, to talk about the living memories, Mm -hmm. the joyful, even funny memories, uh, not the dying ones, because we kind of acknowledged one to another that our loved ones would not want us to live in the dying memories, their dying memories, how they died. But the living memories, the fun and wonderful kindnesses and the goodness and why we love them so. We were laughing. We were clapping. We were smiling. Even the person talking about their loved ones uh, had a smile on their face because we did it together knowing we had all lost someone we loved. But those living memories are precious, so we keep them alive. And that's one way we can encourage one another to live with the living memories, not the dying memories. Yeah, I think that's that kind of meaning-making is really the heart of what grief is, what we hope to sow from grief. Yes. Right. Is a way to honor and make meaning of the life of someone loved. And in different circumstances, like you said, we're tempted, especially, well, there are all kinds of circumstances. What comes to mind may initially be how 
we lost them Mm -hmm. or their loss itself. And so part of Mm -hmm. the living in healing is continuing to pull out those living memories and to let them slowly to to privilege the voice of those living memories so that slowly the the losing and the dying fade stuff fade take bottom they're still Mm -hmm. there yes um, and they're not going anywhere probably but even out of honor for the person that has been lost to to keep kind of sorting those so that living memories are prominent are there yes Yes. right because you know as you go through the process as years go by if you start to enjoy it again people can tend to feel a sense of grief for being happy with that person not there Mm -hmm. and you need to understand that you can remember them and honor them and still you know they would want you to to be happy yeah bringing in narrative therapy they talk about inviting voices into the room and so it's always interesting to me when people feel bad for feeling good right um because someone has been lost but to invite the voice of that person into the room and ask how do you want me to feel right now people automatically know the answer they automatically know that that person they can hear that voice and speak it and say they are thrilled that i'm enjoying myself yeah because you people it's just the tendency to beat yourself up for for things and until you step out of yourself and and, think we owe we make up things to owe someone that yeah. we've lost that they're not asking. They don't want for us. But yeah, it is, it's a constant reminder. But even that, I think, is that same process of honoring life, even the life of those that we've lost. Right. You could also do something uh, that's very special in honoring your loved one right, by yeah. uh, giving some, you know, to giving something to a child who doesn't have something at Christmas in honor. You don't even have to say it, but you know in your heart, right. I'm going to give this in honor of my loved one. I'm going to do something kind and special in honor of my loved one. He would love that if I did this. And it's a, like it's, it's it can be a secret in your heart. Right, yeah. And that brings you joy and meaning or you can actually I'm giving this in honor of Jim who has Gone my on, dear yeah. brother who passed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so that was kind of, you know, if you've lost a loved one to to passing and I know we you know, talked about you work more in traumatic grief. So, I mean, what if someone has a traumatic memory of, of maybe a childhood that the holiday season was, was really terrible for them. They've gotten out of it, but maybe now the holidays are still a depressing, awful time. And they're just like, I just want to get through this. What are some ways those people can reframe that in their mind? I think reframing is a very good word, but they need a lot of support from their loved ones to be able to acknowledge that this, it really did impact the rest of my life. This thing Mm -hmm. that happened when I was three years old Mm -hmm. or five years old, and I'm now 45 years old, Mm -hmm. and it still haunts me. It's Mm -hmm. like dogging me, like a yappy dog (laughs) at my heels, and it won't let me go. So it's ruined Christmas for me. Uh, To be able to acknowledge that is very courageous and powerful. And then to decide, I'm tired of this being the boss of me. And ruining my Christmas. You know, I've had enough of that. And uh, to be able to make those kinds of acknowledgments and saying, I'm going to not let this be the boss of me anymore. I'm going to put this, locate this in my life as a memory not so powerful, but that might need 
The help of a therapist might help you do that. Maybe a support group might help mm-hmm. you do that. And that's never a bad idea to have right. a support group of like others or just to kind of work things out in short-term therapy. Uh, I'd be a powerful, courageous thing to do. Yeah. I think, you know, trauma... I mean, you're describing trauma, someone mm-hmm. who's experienced a trauma. Part of what trauma tricks our brain, a way that trauma tricks our brain is telling our bodies and our spirits that it is still happening, yes. that it is still present. Right. So every Christmas as an adult now, the things that were happening, my body is responding as if I'm in my childhood mm-hmm. yep. trauma. And so even to say to acknowledge that and to acknowledge, even if you do it out loud, that has happened. That has already happened. It is not happening in this moment. Opens up some other some other opportunities for some of the kind of insight gaining opportunities like Terry mentioned about engaging with other folks. And sometimes it frees that lens of yeah. looking through, if this trauma is not happening anymore, let me take that lens off right now and see what is happening right yes. now in this moment. And it gives us the permission again to enjoy that. Yeah, a little right. bit. And so here in the Jackson area and the West Tennessee area, this is up for both of you. And, you know, as far as pathways, if someone's wanting to get involved with that, how would they do it? And also, you know, uh, Dr. Blakely support groups kind of give us an idea of what people can do, you know, during this season or maybe if they want to wait till after the holidays, let everything settle down. Uh, what are some ways they can reach out and get that support? Well, at All Saints, if anyone would like to just talk just if they just individually just mm-hmm. want to talk uh, to someone who's been through traumatic grief, who knows about traumatic mm-hmm. grief academically and personally, all they have to do is call the church and say, I'd like to talk to Deacon Terry. <laughs> and I will, we will just talk. Right. Okay. Anytime that invitation is open. Also, if anyone is interested in a support group for any kind of, of grief or traumatic loss, you can also call the church and we can let you know when a new support group is forming. Great. And that number for All Saints is 731-660-2770. And I will provide all the information we discussed here as well in the the show notes. So people have that available as well. And then we'd love to invite folks to come. They can drop in. They can give us a call at the new Psychiatry and Counseling Office Mm -hmm. out in Thompson Farms. That number is 731-265-6450. I've learned... Here, just in the last little bit, I've noticed that some folks envision reaching out to talk to a therapist as the new thing that will have to be their thing from now on, that you're either a counseling person or you're not a counseling person, when the reality is that's all over the place per each individual Mm -hmm. as well. And so a lot of folks, I want to give people permission to realize that some people need to talk once. Yes. And that's great. Just, yes. And that's it. And You're some not setting people, themselves up for commitment. Yeah. Right, we're yeah. not, you, you showing up doesn't mean now you have a standing <laughs> weekly appointment. Right. If that's what you and the person you're working with decide is what's right for you right now, great. If you want to come in and talk about something once and then decide if I want to come back another time, we've got a lot of folks who have started utilizing us for three, maybe four sessions, and then we don't see them again for two or three years. Mm-hmm. We think that's great, mm-hmm. yeah. too. So I, just to put that out there, you to reach out to somebody does not mean this is now your thing. You may yeah. just need to talk to somebody a few mm-hmm. times. You may find that it's a 
great thing to add to your regular rhythm and want to do it long term. That's great, too. But nobody's expecting anything other than appreciative, again, of the courage and the insightfulness that human beings have to show up and say, hey, I need to talk about this with another person. Well said. Right. So as far as setting realistic expectations for yourself, taking it easy on yourself, understanding that it's different for everyone. And just because you take a step back doesn't mean that you're not going to move forward in the future. As we close, I wanted to maybe say if you are listening and you know someone who is going through grief, it's maybe not you, but it's someone that you love or you're friends with, and you can see that they're not doing too well or they're maybe getting too into into themselves, what kind of advice would you give to those people on how to maybe approach that subject with that person? I would say that the person would just express their respect, mm-hmm. that they care about them. I mean, love really does cover a lot <laughs> of of mistakes that we make as humans. We mean well, but I tell you, if you go with love toward a person, they, you know, we humans know when we're really cared about yeah. from another person. So in love, if you say, I just wonder how you're doing. I'm here to just listen. I care about you. I know you've been through some tough stuff. Here I am. Right. Here's some chocolate. Here's a coffee. <laughs> right. Little, I'm little things. I'm here. Can be, yeah. uh-huh. Yes. And I think giving space to realize that grief doesn't finish. And then whatever af- whatever's after grief suddenly starts right. and that the process of healing is a st- kind of a state of existence. Yeah. So to offer that to ourselves and that's how to care for those who are going through something is to operate in ways that are making clear we're not waiting for you to be past this because there's no past this. This is the new reality. Right. So really what we... What we want to communicate to those we love who are going through grief and loss is we are here and present with you in this new reality. Right. And the stages of grief don't matter. They're not a yeah. thing. And um, they the can journey, come and go, you know. Yeah, yeah, the journey doesn't have a beginning and the end. This is where we are now. And we're and I'm as your friend, I'm not afraid to step into that now with you and just walk with you through that. Um, I think that gives people the permission to be where they are in their own healing process as well. And that's so important what you just said, Donald, because some people are afraid to tell their story of traumatic grief and any kind of loss. The fear is that I will scare you. Mm. I will give you my nightmares hmm. of, of, of what really happened, or maybe you will minimize my grief. Maybe I lost a pet that was dear to me that I had for 20 years and died, and I'm in terrible grief over it, and I'm afraid to say because I'm afraid somebody will laugh at me or minimize and say, well, boy, you think that's bad. Let me tell you about Mm, my story that would be so awful for that person to have that experience then they will keep that secret with Mm -hmm. afraid to share it with anyone ever again you know so for a person to say i know you've had this loss and i'm here to listen and i care about you no matter what and then listen Without judgment, without trying to solve anything, with trying, without trying to fix it, without saying, you'll be over this in a week or so. Whether if it's yeah. malicious or well-intended, people right. saying that. Right. And I right. guess whenever you encounter those people, I mean, 
think in life you will encounter people who will kind of minimize it or, or something so like aren't that. Aren't you over it yet? Right. And, <laughs> and as the person grieving, to try to not let that. It feels like a betrayal right. when, when someone in grief hears that. that and, and it's not meant by the other person to do harm. Right. But it can. And to not hold on to that and, mm-hmm. and in seeking out support from people who do understand mm-hmm. and, and who are willing yes. to listen without judgment. Yes. Well, all right. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? We say we salute you. We have honor, respect to you in this season for all of your sorrows and all of your joys. And I will say what John Wayne would have said. He said that courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway, pilgrim. (laughs) And, (laughs) And so we offer that to you. Uh, knowing that you have courage and that you are saddling up and that you are walking this journey and we salute you in it. Bless you. Yes. Yes. Donald, you. I'm going to let that be it. <laughs> yeah, so you can't top that. Yeah. Not going to try. <laughs> well, all right. Thank you guys both so much for coming on. And I hope that this is something that can help people who are grieving for the first time or it happened years ago to kind of know that it's okay to feel these things during this season. Thanks for having us. Yes. Very much. Thanks. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to We Talk Health. This podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions or would like to request a topic, you can reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com.